At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, Legit Batters, we don't really do ads, but if you feel the need to support our dumb show, you can subscribe on Rockfin for all of our shows, plus bonus member shows, or on Patreon for audio versions. Oh my God, this sounds so scripted, it's terrible. No, read it like that the whole time. No, I can't. Yes, do it. Okay, or click on the affiliate link in the notes to support <laughs> awesome companies. I don't know who wrote these notes. Oh, yeah, it's me. If you don't feel like s- sending bullshit fiat currency to us, just share the show with a friend or give us a rating or review. You know, standard podcast shit. Actually, that could be said without the radio voice. Oh, well, maybe I'll put in a fart noise. <laughs> But we also accept sweet nothings in the form of DMs or emails. Seriously. That's actually more appreciated. We don't need your money. We just want loves. We don't need your money. It'd be cool. But I mean, if you don't want to buy us a beer, that's fine. You can just uh, say, hey, you guys are awesome. Or say, you guys suck. Those are funny too. No, it's like hanging out. When you go out and hang out with your friends at a show, just say you're at a concert. Would you be more excited that they were there and that you got to spend time with them or if they bought you a beer? I guess it would depend on your alcohol dependency levels, but yeah, we don't have that. We are just no. excited to be hanging out with you guys. That's it. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show and uh, support however you fucking want. Thank you. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Testing. 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 One, two, three. I don't know shit about fuck. I said a hooter she got there. I like sucking. Fuck off. Legit bad podcast. Uh, okay, thank you. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Have you seen my wiener? Welcome to Legit Bat Podcast. You know the name of the show. You fucking clicked on it. Uh, I got Jen with me. Ben's hey. here. Uh, you guys say hello. I never let you say hello. Fine. Oh, hi. Oh, that's great. Thank you. You're killing me, Smalls. I had to put one in there. Sorry. Uh, we got Andre Mitty on tonight from Ascension of the Chessmen, and we'll just get right into it with him here. I don't think we have anything to really cover. Oh, one thing. We're not going to have a show this Sunday because we're going to see a comedian. We'll probably try to do a Planet Retard for the members, but other than that, we have no show scheduled this Sunday. Just FYI. All right, we'll bring Andre in. How's it going, man? Good to see you. I'm doing, doing well, guys. How are you guys? Yeah, dude. We'll uh, just start out here with, you know, some stuff about yourself and how you got into the game and, you know, what brought you to the particular style of show you do. And also, when you're done with that, let me know how you came up with the name of the show. Oh, awesome. Uh, Great first question, by the way. Um, Yeah, man, it started a long time ago. um, Very young age. Um, Always started I've always been questioning since I was a little kid. Um, I remember getting told a lot as a kid, like quit asking so damn many questions. Like (laughs) your parents would say you'd ask them 
to the point where they just go because I said so. And I would never like that answer. I was never satisfied with that answer. And it got me in a lot of trouble growing up at home, getting grounded and shit. But uh, yeah, dude. So I always had that attitude from a young age. Uh, even in class, I was always getting in trouble for talking to my friends in class, not really giving a shit what the discussion was about or what the teacher was teaching. Um, so I, I feel I was always thinking outside of the box. Um, I was forced into Catholic school in sixth grade. Um, so that kind of changed uh, a lot for me at the time. Um, I was very resentful towards my parents for making that move um, for many weeks um, when that whole transition went into effect. Um, I was going to church five day, or six days a week. Uh, you had to go to church before school. It was it was brutal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went through all that, had to wear uniforms. Um, yeah. yeah, it was fun. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it, it just never really clicked for me, man. Like I never understood like um, the whole confession thing and telling your deepest, darkest secrets to someone who could or could not be a pedophile. Started to uh, learn about the... Uh, uh, pedophile rings in the world and stuff like that um real quick i got years. a question for you did you end up did you actually as a as a kid without even questioning it though there's because i i understand that as you probably know me and joe were raised very religious as well we started yeah. questioning things before we were 10 doing that whole gambit as well um right. even though you questioned it did you still end up telling the priest those secrets out of fear that that's what you were supposed to do to go to heaven 100 percent, dude i was fully bought into it for a very long time and you know it's just because uh you're a product of your environment and you know there's yeah. that thing about um you're only as good as the five people you're surrounded with most and you know when you're surrounded like you're in this bubble you know in a small community everyone believes the same things you just it's, it's hard to question those things. I mean, you can question it internally, but I mean, it's hard when you see like everyone else is doing, so it must be the way. Right. But I, I didn't know any other way. So I'm like, well, if it's not this, then what is it? And cause I had no other outlet as far as spirituality at that time. I mean, I didn't have any and friends in the Buddha. Getting any answers. Anything. Right. Exactly. And, uh, so yeah, man, it, it was just um, continuing to question. Um, I remember watching a documentary, uh, Loose Change, uh, about 9-11. Um, I think that was my junior, senior year, right around that time. Started smoking weed every day. Uh, watched a great documentary called The Union, The Business Behind Getting High. Uh, told me all the lies about um, how hemp had been made illegal in the first place and all the racist propaganda and just just the insane uh, lies that were told about this miraculous plant, literally the most useful plant known to man. And I was like, how could they keep this a secret, let alone like make people like despise this this miracle plant? And uh, so once that lie unfolded for me, that kind of woke me up to everything. I was like, well, if they would lie about a miraculous plant with this many uses that could literally save the world, you're talking pollution, uh, uh, deforestation. I mean, all these industries that are plunging the earth, like hemp could 
I mean, if if it would have been utilized when it was made illegal, like up to this point, who knows what the world would look like, you know? And uh, so there was that documentary. Um, and then that led me to being shown another documentary called Transcendent Man uh, with Ray Kurzweil, which was all about the future of technology and where it was heading. So I started to see this uh, prog progressive push towards transhumanism and man becoming God through technology, trying to become immortal, um, living in the 3D forever and all this crazy shit. And uh, I'm like, this this shit's happened sooner than I expected as far as like what, what my thoughts were before I watched that documentary. And uh, so I was just really um, starting to question more and more um, the older I got through this period. Um, had my first LSD experience uh, the night before my senior pictures. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect going in. So my pupils were still huge the next morning in my senior pick. So that, that was a good memory to look back on. But <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing that first time, man. Um, it, it, it was a lot of fun. I remember laughing a lot, um, not really knowing what we were doing. Um, I was in the car. My buddy was drinking and driving that night, like just being reckless as hell. Young kids, you know, not knowing what we were doing. Uh, what what tri triggered my interest to try it the first time? Because I was I always had these reservations about, you know, the hard drugs like Coke, meth or heroin, even pills. Like I, I wanted to stay away from that shit at all. Well, they costs, started and... pushing it so hard in the 60s, whereas yeah. before that opium dens, weed all kinds of stuff it was like yeah let's put it in yeah. uh pepsi right <laughs> exactly good old days good old days yeah yeah so um i i i was uh what piqued my interest was uh the the beatles song lucy in the sky with diamonds and uh realizing that was about lsd and then uh there was the the pittsburgh pirates pitcher named doc ellis who threw a no hitter on lsd which I was like, holy fuck, like, how is this possible? <laughs> Let alone uh, this dude actually did this. Like, there's he's all I am the ball. High, <laughs> yeah. high <laughs> balls through the whole fucking game. That is an <laughs> LSD success story right there. If you want to put that in the D.A.R.E. program, like, uh, maybe do do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had his hair curlers in, like, during the game, like, showed up late as hell, like, <laughs> out there, like, tripping his balls off through a no-hitter, dude. Like, that's talk awesome. about legend. So, yeah, yeah, that's what piqued my interest. And uh, so, yeah, um, that whole experience. And then, uh, uh, after I graduated high school, um, you know, towards the end, I was really, uh, dreading Catholicism. I, I, I wanted nothing to do with it. I left the church, uh, the minute I graduated high school. Um, and I started searching, um, externally for God still. Like I didn't know where my uh, spiritual path was taking me at this point. I'm like, Catholicism's all I knew. So what's, wh what's after this? Is it atheism or am I still going to believe in God? And how, how's that going to fit in to the way I want to take it, I guess? Like, so I, I, I started putting my feelers out. Um, I still believed in like Christianity at the time. Um, and, um, was really bought into like, that's, that's the way God is, um, personified, I guess, is through the Christian lens. 
And um, I started looking into Mayan prophecy stuff uh, or the end of the world, 2012 Mayan calendar shit. Um, and that was tied into Pretty the end shit. of days book of revelation. Yeah. So I was in a lot of fear, man. So that, that brought me back to the church. Cause I was like, well, who else can I turn to, but God, and the only way I knew to talk to God is in a church. So I ended up going to this Pentecostal church and, uh, I, I really liked the vibe. Um, like it was a lot more, um, you know, singing and just rejoiceful. Like it was more upbeat. Yeah. And I, I seen people speaking in tongues. I was like, damn, this shit's oh, wild. Shit. So, They're on yeah, LSD. I, yeah. Yeah. So let's I do love that. that's an actual uh, clip from the Pentecostal church. Actually, <laughs> there we go. Led by uh, Steve Carell. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of acid, uh, my, my pastor had told me the story of how he got to become a pastor in the first place. And uh, he was on an acid trip and he was living in this trap house at the time. And this chessboard flew off the table and it landed on the floor perfectly. And uh, th there was only one piece still standing on the board and it was a white king. So he saw that as like a divine intervention in his life to, you know, um, achieve something greater, I guess. So in that so mind, it meant that going to Bible school. What's that? He was on acid when that happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck. That's a weird thing to happen on acid. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. And all... it, it ties into my show, too. Like, how I got the name of my show. Because that it's kind of a weird tie into it. But, um, yeah, that always stuck with me, man. So, it wasn't until... Because um, I, I ended up going to this church for probably three years. Was helping out a lot. And the, the more you go to any church, the more they want you to pitch in and help out. So I started to really get involved and I, I was still smoking heavy at this time, smoking a lot of weed, uh, partying a lot. We lived right by Memorial stadium where the Huskers play here. Uh, so we were in party central in Lincoln, Nebraska and throwing massive parties while I was still coming into church on Sundays, like hung over a shit. Like I just didn't feel like church was shifting me into what I thought it was. You know, I thought church was going to be what saved me and got me onto a better path of just partying and chasing, chasing chicks all the time. Like just fucking being wild, you know, being well, young and and wild. The, the way that they end up portraying it to kids is that if you show up to church like that, you instantly feel guilty that you're showing yes. up to church like that. But at the same totally. time, you're told that that's where you need to be. If you're involved in that shit, they put you in this catch 22 of like, if yeah. you do this, you should come to church. Also, if you come to church like this, you should feel like shit. It's all. Yeah. It's all a guilt okay. trip, dude. Totally. Yeah. And that's, that's traumatic as fuck, man. And I already had yeah. a lot of trauma, like from childhood shit with my parents, um, you know, whether that goes back and past lives, generational trauma, um, and all the trauma, uh, throughout the church, man, of the fear of going to hell and all the, all this shit that is just, it's like this sludge that's just like stuck to you. And it's your choice to keep that on you for the rest of your life or, you know, figure it out yourself of how you're going to get clean of it. And, um, so at, at this time, I mean, real quick, cause you were talking about how you had a lot of fear because of the, uh, 2012 shit and just yeah. the way you grew 
up and God's going to punish you. And like the sludge, it, yeah, um, that's, I would believe that would be called the spirit of fear, which is funny yeah. because the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the mm. whole basis of Christianity is a spirit of fear. It's a, a fear of punishment that if you don't choose God, you're going to burn yeah. forever in hell. And I was just talking to a, a coworker about this but, the other day. I'm like, that's not love. That's a, an ultimatum. It's a, it's a threat. It's something yeah. you wouldn't do for something that you love so much. You're not like here, I made you without your, you know, consent basically, as far as we know. Yeah, with a gun and, to your head pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And if you choose a, instead of B, right. well, you're fucked then. So it not, right. never made sense either. That's what that kind of took the fear out of it for well, me because I we grew up the same. So I'm like, I'm not going to think of that, think of it like this because that's a fearful yeah. spirit to have, and I'm just not going to live like that. Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're fine. I, I was, I was, I have a lag, so I'm trying to get in when you guys aren't talking, and sometimes I got to time it, and yeah. I don't time it. Um, no. Well, and the thing about that is that they. Oh, can you get, okay. I lost you for a second. Um, the thing about that is that it's a, another one of those catch 22s where they, they say that it's not the spirit of fear and they make you feel like if you don't get saved or go to confession or, you know, depending on the denomination, that strain of Christianity that you claim or are involved with. But at the same time, they'll say, no, you shouldn't get saved just for fire insurance. And it's like when you're four and you hear that if you tell your mom and dad no and take a shit on the bathroom, you're going to burn in a lake of fire forever. Yeah, I'm going to pray to the thing up there that that doesn't fucking happen. And they're like, well, you know, and then they say that you can't lose your salvation. They say you can't lose your salvation, but you'll know them by their fruits the fruits of the spirit. Mm. So if you don't produce the fruits of the spirit, it means you may not be saved, but you can't lose your salvation. Right. So then they say it's not of works, but you'll know them by their work. So if you don't produce the work, so it means you're not saved. What the fuck are you guys trying to do? Right. Reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, it's crazy. And uh, it, it, it wasn't until uh, I was offered um, another uh, experience with LSD um, with a group of friends uh, where I would have that breakthrough um, direct connection to God that I was looking for, um, at least the way I perceived it. And, um, you know, just coming, coming to that, that understanding. Yeah. Coming to that understanding, we're all one, um, you know, just being up in the tree, feeling the vibrations of the leaves, you know, just feeling the energetic, <laughs> uh, the energetic exchange of you know, the, the leaves in the tree giving me oxygen and, you know, just, um, feeling grounded in the earth. Like I had never felt this way before. And, you know, that was really a wake up call for me. Um, just my spiritual awakening, I would call it. Um, I, I didn't really know what it was at the time. I mean, it was just so much to take in all at once. Uh, I'm sure you guys can relate <laughs> if you've had breakthroughs on psychedelics, I'm sure you have. Uh, but yeah, dude, that was, that was what broke me open and got me to stop going to church. And I was like, well, um, now I know what he was talking about <laughs> when, uh, the LSD, uh, called him to God. And, uh, I realized I didn't need church anymore. So, um, I started getting, getting into meditation at th this time. Um, and years later, um, uh, my girlfriend, um, she, 
um, at the time was struggling with uh, addictions to alcohol and uh, uh, Adderall. And um, she told me randomly one day, she's like, uh, so I'm going to do ayahuasca uh, next week. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, you're going to the Amazon? And she's like, We're no. Like, without uh, me? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I'm like, how are you paying for this? And she, she had money saved up and, um, she, uh, yeah. So she had made the decision to go down and I didn't believe her at first. And sure enough, she found this place in Orlando, Florida. That was a legit ayahuasca church. And I didn't realize there was any that were like public ayahuasca churches in the States, uh, at that time. And, uh, so this was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, uh so she went down, um, had a great weekend, um, some powerful healing took place. Um, she got back, um, had a new aura about her, man. Like, uh, it was just different. Um, I don't know, something changed over that weekend and I could, I could definitely sense it. Um, there was just a different glow about her and, uh, you know, it would take multiple, um, weekends going back before she could release the chains of both of those addictions, which I create her for that. I mean, that was huge. Um, and for anyone out there going through addiction, you know what that's like. Um, but man, uh, I, I was offered, uh, the chance to go to ayahuasca as well. Um, she, she offered to pitch in to help me pay for it. Cause I was making every excuse why I couldn't go, you know, ayahuasca is like the, Mount Everest of psychedelics and, uh, you know, going up that is quite the climb. <laughs> and, uh, I, I always like told myself if I do ayahuasca, I'm going to do it in the Amazon. And it's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. Like I had it planned exactly how I wanted it, but life never goes that way. Like no matter what it is. And, uh, so I took the opportunity to go. I had a tooth pulled literally the week before. So I was really questioning going up until the last week. And, uh, cause I was in a lot of pain, uh, that week before. And I was like, that would be the worst if this, this tooth pain came up throughout the experience. Like it would just make a hellish bad trip, like even worse. And, uh, so like that was just running through my head, but she gave me the confidence to, uh, go down there that first weekend. And, the rest was history, man. Um, totally changed my life. Um, I came back, um, went to go float at my local float tank and was talking to him about my ayahuasca ceremony, uh, uh, shortly before that. And they were like, Oh shit. Like, we'd love to have you on the podcast to talk about that. And like, that was my first podcast appearance was on the local float tank podcast here in Lincoln. That's and, awesome. um, just talking about my ayahuasca ceremony and um if it, it just felt natural to me after that man and i i had been listening to podcasts for like 10 years i mean you know diving down rabbit holes for years um just trying to find the truth um and then finally finding a true sense of spirituality to kind of balance it out because it can get overwhelming and those black pill moments where you think there's no fucking hope in the world and um, it just kind of helped keep me grounded, um, the spiritual components like meditation and these plant medicine ceremonies. Um, so yeah, man, it, it's been quite the journey. Um, after that, uh, podcast appearance, my first one, um, or actually it was right before this, I, 
I did stand-up comedy for the first time. My dad and I did a stand-up comedy workshop together, and we had to do a five-minute set uh, the next week after. And um, it was awesome, man, to do something I'd always wanted to do since I was a little kid, looking up to Chris Farley and shit. Um, just to be able to get a like achieve that, man. Like all the time before that, I thought, oh, I'm not funny enough. I can't do that shit. And I, I give myself credit, but ayahuasca definitely pushed me off the edge to give me the confidence in myself to um, achieve not only that, um, but building my podcast into what it is now. That's fucking awesome. Is this available on YouTube? Because we love stand-up comedy. I would love to watch your shit. Uh, I can send you my video. Uh, I got a video on my phone. Uh, I need to upload it to YouTube, actually. It's on... Uh, I, yeah, I'll send it to you over Messenger. But yeah, I need to get that posted. Thanks Hell for yeah. reminding me. Hey, would you, would you mind telling us about your ayahuasca ceremony? Because I would love to hear Yeah, about we it. can't skip right over that because yeah, we love drugs. We're super, yeah. interested, well, so. we're super interested. Not, I, not drugs, though. But ayahuasca, some spiritual drugs yeah. we're super interested in possibly trying at some point soon. And I'm similar to you or your previous self where I would make every excuse not to do it. It has to be legit. It right. has to be in the Amazon right. knowing that I'll probably never do that also. So I'll never get there. Um, yeah. so it's, it's nice totally, to hear totally. everyone's realistic yeah. story about it. Yeah. Um, and, um, it just goes to say like, um, definitely for anyone out there listening, like definitely do your research before you go to any of these ayahuasca ceremonies or, um, retreat centers, because, um, you definitely need to get to know people who've been there first before you just jump in, because there are some people out there that are taking advantage of others and you know people are getting robbed there's women that have gotten raped like there's a lot of crazy shit that's happened as well in those circles so you got to be very careful where you're going and making sure it's in a place you trust i just wanted to give that um advisory before i go into my rant quite quite a few times on all the ayahuasca stories we've covered where yeah. uh, like i don't want to just go to anybody because a lot of these shamans like to like try to you know take advantage so to speak of people put stuff in their butts or whatever I think so. at this point we would only go to a place that we because we've had a couple other people on the show who've talked about their ayahuasca journeys and i would go to one of those three places so if you want to tell us off here where you went we'll put it on our list yeah. of places we might go yeah because i want to go where someone's already been and we know that it's safe for sure for sure um so i want the soul quest um um ayahuasca church of mother earth it's called um down in orlando florida um, they're one of the most public churches in the States. I think besides them, uh, Santo Daime um, in New Mexico is probably the most public, but um, the founders of that um, have some elitist ties. So that one kind of rubs me the wrong way, but they were the first to gain DA exemption um, where um, SoulQuest was recently not successful in that, but they're still fully operating. So it's kind of a weird gray area uh, we're in right now. Um, it's I, I don't know how much I can say on that. Um, I'll say that's allegedly. But uh, <laughs> um, so uh, SoulQuest is a great place um, for people just getting their feet wet. Um, it is pretty big ceremonies um, and that draws a lot of people away. Um, they have up to 80 people um, at their ceremonies. Um, which can be a bit overwhelming. It's a lot of energy to take in. And uh, 
just know like when you get there um and the people that work there man are fucking phenomenal human beings like i felt like i was just surrounded by angels <laughs> in all my experiences um they were just so loving and kind and gentle and you know because you're in a very vulnerable place when you're on the medicine and um i never felt anything but love from them and just the space they hold is amazing and uh it, they do drumming or like any kind of shamanistic type shit do they at least yeah. play a backing track on their ipod or something yeah so uh they they fly in uh, uh ayahuasca arrows and uh, shamans and uh medicine woman as well um it just kind of differs on the weekend you go and before you book a retreat there on their website you can see you know uh, which medicine woman or shaman is in in town for that weekend um you can also see if they have a musician plan um which um in i guess peruvian it'd be the icaros uh which is the music they p play throughout ceremony that's literally in harmony with your experience it's fucking wild the, but, the uh, flute type of thing like the do 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 thing yeah like, like on, the, yeah. and the didgeridoo and yeah um, a lot of guitar too. Just, uh, I, I think it's a different sort of guitar. I'm not too key on instruments, but, uh, I'm doing my best. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so I got there and, uh, you know, you, you check in, you get your physical exam. Um, the main thing, um, you have to be off of is SSRIs. So if you're on SSRIs, they make you get off like a month before because, literally uh can interact with the medicine and could kill you potentially so okay you definitely for those of us and others listening who don't know what that is could you please explain what ssri antidepressants are? yeah the antidepressants you kill yourself i, I, I would yeah, know that terrible drugs. <laughs> terrible drugs but uh yeah uh so that's that's one thing to avoid or if you any know anyone that's planning on going or thinking about going that's definitely something to try to get off of ahead of time so you're prepared for that um another thing let's see um yeah they 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 kind of go down your health history make sure you don't have a history of mental illness because that can um be crucial as well um and i think that's different everywhere. I mean, I think there's certain places in the Amazon that could handle um, those sort of, sort of people. I don't, I don't throw those people away and say they can't benefit from the medicine. I think, you know, no, my what, yeah. What, what did we do before oh. Western medicine when we gave these people diagnoses of being mentally ill, you know, like I feel like they were um, celebrated in the tribes and in the indigenous communities, you know, they were like, um, appreciated and uh, as a part of the circle and unique in their own way, like they weren't like everyone else, and that was a gift in of itself. And uh, schizophrenics and things like that; those yeah. were like revered people. Or um, what's the one where you go into spasm or you get like th oh, epilepsy? Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of stories about those kind of people that were like, "No, these are the special ones. We have to pay yeah. attention to what these guys are doing." Now we lock them up in a straitjacket. Well, not <laughs> right. I don't think right. you do that. I think we maybe did that in the 60s. Yeah, lobotomies, <laughs> sticking a needle up <laughs> your nose so or in your eye, or yeah. whatever they did. So I mean, did there's that. Did, did you poo-poo or did you barf or anything? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry, I was just warming up, getting into the juicy oh, stuff. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, the the first night I got there, uh, I got introduced to Rape the first time, um, which is uh, sacred tobacco snuff, commonly used in ayahuasca circles down in the Amazon, and uh, um, it's basically um, they shoot it up your nose and. Uh, you do one nostril at a time because um, you got to do both to balance it out, but it's supposed to ground you. And when you're, when you're in those places throughout a bad experience where you're stuck and you're in a loop and you just keep saying the same shit over and over again, I'm sure you've been there. If you've ever tripped on psychedelics, yep. I, I had a concussion places. one time and I did that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it helps you, it helps kick you out of that or just kind of hit control alt delete on your operating system. And, you know, get you rebooted. So uh, I, I was introduced to that the first night before the ceremony. And uh, that felt like a shotgun shell to the back of the brain. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is supposed to ground me like, damn. And uh, I just remember, like, it was a feeling like no other. It's, it's non psychoactive, but it definitely felt like it was priming me up for the ceremony that was about to take place. Well, it's and, a set, uh, setting too. You're like expecting that, you know, that thing to happen. So you're like already on high alert and they shoot yeah. this fucking shit up your nose. You're going to feel something. Yeah, totally, dude. And, um, and another thing they always say is, uh, you know, you'll feel um, your mother is calling you or the medicine is calling you. Uh, ayahuasca is often called the mother or mother ayahuasca um, because it's a very feminine energy. Uh, very feminine medicine, um, very nurturing and, uh, you know, that motherly vibe, uh, versus that authoritative stern father and, uh, similar to like a boga. I saw you guys did a recent show on a boga, so, yeah. um, I might relate, but, uh, so as far as getting into the experience, um, well, um, they kind of lay out the ground rules, um, tell you, um, you can't, uh, don't bother anyone else. Try not to talk to anyone else. Um, keep your blindfold on and your, um, earplugs in as long as possible, because that helps you stay within yourself. So you're not being a distraction to others and you're not getting distracted by others, which is very tough <laughs> once shit starts getting wild. But, uh, <laughs> Um, uh, so like we start lining up after we get all the ground rules and, uh, they have a little pond there and they're like, uh, definitely don't jump in the pond. Like there's, uh, shit in there. Like you don't want, <laughs> I think they said there's alligators in there. I don't know if there really was, but I think they were just trying to scare us from jumping in. But, uh, that's fucked uh, up. If you're ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> right. One girl jumped in one time, one streak in, and they had to, all the volunteers had to chase after her, and it was a fucking disaster. So they've had it happen before, but I can't imagine all the shit they've witnessed. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we're all lining up to um, get saged off, um, say our intentions. Um, you're kind of thinking about your intentions um, that whole week going into it, if not longer. Um, some people say, um, setting a great intention really matters and kind of meditating on that for weeks ahead of time. Some people say, no matter what your intention is, ayahuasca is going to, uh, give you exactly what you need, not what you're wanting. Sometimes what you want isn't what you really need. So 
she kind of gives you a reality check on where those things are at real quick. So, uh, uh, we all, uh, get, uh, lined up to drink the medicine. Um, you, you get to choose what to start off with. They kind of guide you on dosages. Um, I figured I was going to start with one tablespoon to start and boy, that was plenty. Uh, <laughs> so after two hours, they hit the gong and, uh, that's when you can either, uh, stay on your mat or wherever you're at, wherever you're journeying to, um, you're free to move around. The volunteers are just help kind of help you go to the bathroom and sit by the fire, stuff like that. Um, but you can get a booster dose. Um, if you feel cool. you, you want more at this point, two hours in. So I hear the music start going. So the, the ceremony, I was there, they do have a playlist. They didn't have, uh, um, someone playing music that weekend. So, um, I wish, uh, I, wish. I could. I can, I wish next time I go, uh, I'm hearing like an echo. Um, I wish next time I go, um, I, uh, get to witness the live music. Um, I did, I did get to see it live last time, but I was volunteering. I wasn't drinking the medicine, so I didn't get to see it from the ayahuasca side. I got to see it from the sober volunteering side. So, um, that would be awesome as well, but not to take away from the healing that still goes on, even when it is an iPod being played through the ceremony. I know a lot of people bash on that, but who's to say um, other people can't heal that are doing it in different ways? I mean, some people can't afford to go to the Amazon, you know what I mean? So um, well, who's I mean, to say medicine, like everybody uses their phone or their iPod to while they're, right. you know, meditating and it, unless you're lucky enough to be sitting by a creek or something you're playing something on your phone and i've had crazy experiences just meditating no substances oh, yeah. involved. and i so. think the frequencies are still the same too it doesn't really yeah. matter what device it's being played through so it could possibly have the same exact yeah. effect. yeah for sure i've never had yeah. the luck of having a shaman sit next to me whispering weird shit and playing drums like that'd be awesome but other than that <laughs> it's, uh, something you had on a YouTube. recording of that i think you possibly could have the same experience i don't know yeah exactly yeah but it was just a trip, man. It, it, the music started playing and you just feel that buckle on your stomach. Like, Oh boy, we're going for a ride now. <laughs> like it shit's getting real. Like, uh, the hour before dude, you're just getting nervous as shit. Like, all right, it's game time. There's no backing out now. And your nerves are fucking racing, but you know, you have work there to do. And you know, no one's going down to drink ayahuasca to have a good time. Like, that's that's the yeah. that's the myth out there like no one's going to be like oh i'm gonna go have a great trip like it's like just going to a music festival and popping some mushrooms or some acid like it's it's serious work man like it's it's seriously like a therapy session and it's it's uh and interdimensional as well i mean uh so i, I i'm sitting on the mat the music the music's uh starting to uh kick on and I think about five songs go by and that's when I really start to start feeling it. And, um, I really, I really, uh, was like wondering when I was going to start feeling it. Cause I started hearing other people puking and I'm like, God damn, they must be already feeling it before I am. And then now that's uh, making you more nervous too. Cause now you're yeah. like, Oh fuck. Oh yeah, dude. And 
So I look over at this point, I'm like, okay, I got to take this blindfold off, see what's going on out here. Cause I'm hearing all these noises, like people throwing up, burping, uh, farting, fucking yelling, you know, just crazy uh -huh. shit. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, it's time to see what's going on out here. Like, let's see if, uh, opening my eyes up is any different. So <laughs> I look over like 10 feet from me and this guy named Andre, uh, only other Andre there. And he's from, he's from Ukraine, ironically. And, uh, he's like yelling out in all these different languages or at least different languages to what I was used to in English. And <laughs> I swear this guy is fucking possessed. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, am I in hell right now? Like, is this like a dark cult ceremony? Like where the fuck am I? And I'm just like tripping out. Like it's, it's going bad for me in, in this state of mind. And, uh, I, I see like 10 volunteers rush over to this guy trying to keep him under control. He's like kicking and punching and shit. And, uh, they corral him inside and I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, uh, did, did they just go to execute this guy? Like I'm making up all this shit in my head. Like what the fuck is going on so now? So, so now you're definitely like, you're definitely feeling all of it just without tripping yeah. yet. So you're like, yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah. And this is what is starting to kick in as well. So like the mixture of what <laughs> I just seen and the medicine kicking in of like, Holy fuck. Like what's about to go down. And so, uh, it, it was just wild after that, man. Like for a while, I thought it was a fucking lizard. Um, uh, at one point I was like, uh, Egyptian Pharaoh, uh, buried in Egypt at one point. Um, another point, uh, my dad's in a wheelchair. He broke his neck, uh, diving in a lake when he was 15. So I, I felt what it was like to have no legs. And like they, the volunteers tried to pick me up and like my legs wouldn't work. And I was like, holy shit. Like now I know what it feels like to be paralyzed. Like my dad, I'm like that shit sucks. <laughs> and uh, I mean, just like all these revelations, man, it's like, you're just like hopping timelines. Like it's, it's surreal how it all plays out. But, uh, it was just a crazy, uh, series of events, um, throughout this whole experience. And this feels like multiple lifetimes. I mean, in real time, like, like I said, the boosters at two hours, but it feels like, a whole lifetimes went past before that two hour mark, like no joke. And, uh, so we just, I, I mean, was talking about the experience of giving birth on ayahuasca, like straight up yeah. from the time of conception to giving birth. But that when she gave birth, it was herself. Fucking yeah. nuts. I've heard that same story so many times from people I drank the medicine with too. Like there is a lot of that, uh, giving birth. And I think there's where that mother energy ties in and that's the way it manifests for some people. For me, um, after, uh, that hellish experience I went through, I, I literally felt like I was in hell. I thought I was the devil for a while. I literally <laughs> thought like, um, I, I was about to get this whole place shut down. Like my dad called the DEA on the place. Like I had all these crazy thoughts running through my head, dude. Like I thought, like sirens were coming in to fucking crack down. Like it was fucking wild. And, um, it was like learning like all this paranoia in my head was like, 
you know, all these inner fears that were coming to the surface, like on any psychedelic, all your skeletons come out of the closet. So all your deepest fears, all your insecurities, they all come out to play and you got to face that shit. So I, I, I was, I had no other choice but to face it. And I was fucking terrified, man, to be honest, like it was fucking terrifying. And it, it makes me realize that anything in life that scares me, that ain't shit compared to what I went through on ayahuasca. And, so uh, more, so, uh, more confident, more self, you know, self esteem or whatever you came out of it. Cause you, you already felt 100%. like the worst of it. So you're like, Oh, these little things yeah. don't fucking fuck with me anymore. Yeah. Cause I, I went yeah. through way worse. Well, at least in yeah. my head. That's so I'm just say, like, can you, I get some, feel, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you feel, before an experience like that, you feel fucked up. Like, it's one of the reasons why you go do that is because you're like, man, I got some deep-seated shit that I got to work through. It's fucking me up. I feel like I've wasted my life or done this or done that. And then you go through that experience and you come back down and you're all, I am not nearly as fucked up as I thought I could be because after after what my mind and my spirit just put myself through... Right. My natural state is not nearly as bad as I thought. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, life so, seems a little easier after. <laughs> I have to I have to re-ask Joe's question because him and I have both, and I know that Jen's said the same thing, like, yeah, I have you've heard different people say different things. like uh, I believe it was um the yogi uh, Zorananda uh, mm. that said that he threw up like these hard nodules. Um, mm. did you experience a, a physical purge, whether it be this way or that, that way, did you experience yeah. anything like that? Yeah, dude. So yeah, I was getting to that too. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll get to that too. Um, but I'll just get back to where I left off and I'll touch on your question just a little bit. Um, so I, at this point in the trip, like I said, I, I thought I was the devil. I thought I was in hell. Like it was a very dark uh, set to be in, in my mind at this point. And I'm just like searching for something like, can I get some God in here? Can I get some light? Can I get some Jesus? Like whatever, whatever I need. Can I just get that please? And all of a sudden, like I like became God and I felt like I was controlling everyone else's experience. And, uh, what I did affected others and what they did affected me. Like we were all in sync and, um, it just felt really weird. And I was like, I don't know if I can take this responsibility on. Like, I don't want this power. Like I'm not capable to hold this power. Like I'm just a fucking human being, like an average Joe. Like why was so this would given you to say me? that right before that moment, when you started basically, you know, reaching up to whomever, whatever that energy was that you needed, do you feel like that was your base plateau? And then it shot you up to go, Oh, okay. You want this. And then you go, oh, I don't want that fucking either. Where should I be? Did it kind of like throw you in both directions where now you're like, take me wherever I need to be. Totally. Totally, man. Um, It's literally like you're on a magic carpet ride and carpet's just taking you wherever, dude. Like you're you're not really steering the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just like any trip, like if you're trying to control the experience, you're going to have a rough time. Like you can't resist at all, or you're just going to be, it's going to be dragging you along. (laughs) Like you're going to be getting dragged. They always say like, if you resist, you got to surrender. And that, that was what, what I was figuring out what was happening was I, this whole time in my mind, I, this was a big revelation I had coming out of the experience was 
second guessing myself. Um, something I've done a lot, had a lot of trouble in school, like taking tests, like always having test anxiety, like second guessing myself on tests and shit. Um, and that was always a big problem I had that I really needed to work on. And it really brought that to the surface for me. And I had, I had it in my mind for a very long time when it all started with the guy screaming, thinking he was possessed. Like you need to go sit by the fire. Like you need to get away from this situation, like find a better place to be in where you're not looking directly at this possessed guy. <laughs> and, uh, in my mind, it was like, what do you mean? You're already sitting by the fire. And I was like, I was like 20 feet from the fire pit, 30 feet from the fire pit. But I was like on the concrete patio sitting on my mat where I was the whole time. Like I didn't get up and move around. Like I was staying in the same spot and I was resistant to move. Like I was stuck in my comfort zone. You know what I mean? And once I uh, realized, oh, I just got to get up and sit by the fire. Then it all went away. Like it all went away. And I realized like this whole time it, I had control of just the ability to get up and go sit by the fire. And it was my own resistance that was keeping me from getting what I wanted this whole fucking time. And it's like the mind just plays tricks on itself. They added like, that's what I realized. And uh, at this point, like um, I remember, I think it was the next ceremony the next night. Um, but I was trying to jump in the fire and it was getting fucking wild. Uh, the nurses kept me from jumping in the fire and, uh, she's like, yeah, I don't think you want to do that. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I think you're right. So I ended up not jumping in the fire. Thankfully. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought like I was just going to offer myself up for the world, uh, like Jesus or some shit. I don't know what I was thinking, but, oh, uh, um, the messiah complex i've heard that a lot uh, a lot yeah. of mushrooms i've heard so many mushroom yeah. stories or high as balls on mushrooms <laughs> and they think they're actually jesus now there might be something to that maybe they're just recognizing yeah. their own godhead inside themselves and shit yeah. but since it's colored Mine's by their cool. religious experience they're like i must give myself for the world and it's like no 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 you don't have to do any of that, <laughs> well, like that. i think I think that it may not. Yeah, I think that you're right there on that second part, Joe's. It's not necessarily Jesus, the entity itself. It's that selfless giving where you go, you know what? This is the highest order that I could have been called to. And by doing this, I feel like the world would be better. And it's not like it's not like a, a suicidal like I hate myself. The world's better without me. It's more of like the no, no, no. This is what I give. And then people that are watching it, they're like, nope nope no you're not you need to go sit back by the fire don't get in the fire yeah well and i think part of it too um now that i'm recalling it it's like i think it was like all that shame and guilt coming to the surface that i had faced and i was so ashamed of um it was like that was my way of trying to get rid of it or like rise from the ashes of it you know what i mean um like dying to my ego in a sense and you know becoming just having that rebirth experience which is often talked about um in psychedelic experiences um i think that's what was going on in my head but i re once the nurse like talking to a sober person she's like ah oh, you don't need to jump in the fire like you're fine like you're good <laughs> like i was like okay i am good like she like just hearing that confirmation that just like made me feel like, i don't oh. think you needed a shaman to tell you that <laughs> right <laughs>
yeah exactly maybe that's what you were doing though maybe that was your version of the ego death or whatever where you were you were yeah. actually willing to do that so that was kind of a yeah. more of a symbolic like i'm dying to myself i don't care if i do so maybe that was your because right. you know, i always ask everybody who's done ayahuasca or very severe trips on other stuff i guarantee you have no fear of death right 100 percent, dude no fear yeah no fear so that that could have been your moment where you were like i would be okay if i jumped in this fire because i'm not worried about what happens afterwards because i know i'll be fine so which is yes for people exactly. that were raised religiously a massive breakthrough that goes way farther than just the ego it's the idea that this again that that sludge that overhanging i'm not good enough but i want to be it kind of goes away because you're like you know what i don't worry about that shit no more yeah. that that's that mm -hmm. I, I can imagine that at post <laughs> post trip i can imagine that being fucking right. liberating right. yeah it's not like a, it, like he was saying it's not a I, I want to die or I want to kill myself or anything. It's just like, oh, if that were to happen, that'd be fine. Everybody can fuck off. Fuck off. Oh, yeah. I hit that button. Yeah. See, but Joe yeah. does this every time. He finds a way to ask a question and then he purposely tailors what he's going to say to go boop right at the end. And then he's like, oh. <laughs> fuck off. Dude, I have. Yeah. So to, to answer uh, Ben's question earlier, uh, uh, yeah. So like before, um, throughout the whole experience, man, um, I could not throw up and I was, I was seeing everyone else around me throwing up and I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, did I take the wrong medicine? Like, why am I like the odd man out? Yeah. Why am I the fucking black sheep? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just want to throw up. I just want to get rid of this shit. Cause that's what it felt like. Low. Like everyone was getting rid of their shit and I was just stuck with my shit still in me. I'm like, why did that fuck with your head? Me? Like, did it fuck, fuck with yeah, your head dude. that that you weren't throwing up? Like, you hadn't done the purge that everybody else needed. That yeah. everybody talks about. You're like, fuck. Like, it's like you're searching your mind. You're like, what else am I holding on to? Like, yeah. is that how it kind of was? Totally. And it's because throwing up, at least in my perception of purging, feels like the ultimate purge. You know, you're literally getting rid of something you're seeing physically come out of you. You know, sure. um, and it wasn't until after the experience uh, and integration afterwards, they have integration throughout the whole weekend, which their integration. Explain that. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get into that. Um, so okay. they're, they're essentially like um, they're talking to you through what happened, helping you integrate the experience back into your life and apply it with logic and reason rather than just like there was fucking flying dragons and you know just all this crazy shit like trying to wrap your mind around it in a tangible way that's like what was the deeper meaning behind this you know and helping you navigate those waters so andre you are not a targaryen <laughs> if you say so uh... andre just comes out of his thing he's like yes i'm ready for integration they're like what did you learn yeah, I <laughs> dude so uh it wasn't until integration i learned that like there's different ways to purge so like you have like the shivering you have the goosebumps you have the sweating you have the peeing you have the shitting you have the yawning like there's so many different ways to purge dude and oh, these are all things i've always done info. 
Yeah. So like if you've yawned a lot on mushrooms, that's what's going on is you're getting Every rid time. of energy that no longer ser serves you. And I also that was something I was not aware of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit too. I didn't know yawning um, was that either. That's psychedelic. Yeah. yeah, we always yeah. talked about yeah. it because I'll yawn nonstop the whole yeah, time. Yeah, me too. I and I make issues right before up. it comes on. Like yeah. you start getting Every time. right start yeah, feeling it every then as i start yawning i'm like oh i gotta poop god damn it again that's right. joe that's Dude. exactly what happened the very first time that that you made the tea when i was at blair's house is like i drank it and within about an hour i felt myself crashing and i was just yawning non-stop and i'm like fuck this microdose my ass all i am is tired and then all of a sudden it was like before i before i left i was like and i want to sing and talk let's do more of that <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah dude like every every time in the past up to that point i was like i always thought i was tired like i thought i was like going to sleep and my girlfriend would be like why are you why are you falling asleep already like the trip hasn't even started yet i'm like i don't know and then it, it would kick in and it's like okay all of a sudden i'm not tired anymore so i feel like that's, that's we don't want to do this just go to sleep don't do this don't do this just go to sleep right exactly that's that resistance too so i think yeah. what what the purging is is it's just a resistance coming out of you it's it's uh coming out into the physical world like so you can see it manifest as if uh we because we ignore it so much in our daily lives like our inner resistance to um stress and um just shit that comes up in life you know what i mean like whether we're mad at some guy in traffic like how do we react to that like are we fucking flipping out and let it letting it ruin our day maybe even our whole week or are we just like uh brushing it off like a fucking fly on the windshield you know what i mean yeah, yeah but um devote energy to that kind of thing you know, just drive in the right lane. If you feel like people piss you off, because that was me, I would be like, oh my God, look at this, and just get so angry at cars. Yeah. And now I just <laughs> drive in the right lane. I don't give a fuck. I don't care if anyone passes me. I'm also teaching my 16 year old how to drive. So that's important. Oh, patient. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Watch me for 16 years curse out everybody who is driving like an asshole, but it doesn't matter starting now. It and happens. she's like, what? <laughs> but for real, it doesn't. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, another, another thing I wanted to add that I always found fascinating was, um, so this first ayahuasca, uh, weekend, um, that whole ceremony, um, there was an overlying theme of that God versus devil, uh, archetype going on. And, um, what I came to understand weeks after just through reading occult books and stuff, um, was, these are just aspects of the good and evil within me that were manifesting into what I had been raised to see them as, as the personification of God and the devil. And um, I have to integrate those aspects of myself and find that balance between the two. Like, yes, I can be a fucking jerk. Yes, I can be an asshole, but I can also be a kind hearted, really good person. Like I have that choice decision i make throughout every day and um so that was like the first um uh, overarching archetype and then my my second trip down to soul quest um there is an overarching theme of um like this masculine god versus the mother earth feminine goddess energy and um you know because we grow if you grow up in the church you grow up on this abrahamic 
very masculine hierarchy god um you know and so i was like i was like uh resisting it was like a push and pull like tug of war between like my mother's like like i would go to hug my mother um like this mother goddess energy and my father would be like what are you doing like how dare you mock me and it, it would like go back and forth between that it's like which one do i choose it was like your parents just got divorced and they're fighting over custody of you it's like where am i going to stay for the rest of my life and uh it really felt like that and i was like which one do i choose and then it was like another one of those massive breakthroughs for me of bursting that illusion like no there's aspects of each of those within each of us you know um i know they say lucifer uh, Baphomet's, uh, a hermaphrodite. But I mean, if you think about it, like, um, if God and the devil are just two sides of the same coin, um, some people might add, um, you know, that's very controversial to say, but, um, I think you can't have one without the other, you know what I mean? Like they balance each other out. It's like, it's that duality. And um, Dude, we talk about that all so, the time, the light versus the dark. You can't have one without the other. I, right. I you're reading my mind because I almost brought up the Baphomet thing. And that's uh, like you said, controversial. It's, it is a heresy to some people right. to mention Baphomet, the goat with the bobs, because that's satanic, the merging of uh, opposites like the I don't see any problem with that, though, in theory, the merging of opposites into a harmonious one. Right. I don't see a problem with that. I'm not the smartest cat on earth, though. So somebody tell me why that's a bad thing. It looks really right. weird to have a goat with boobs and a pe Like, I don't get that. <laughs> but the, the merging of opposites. What do you think sex is? Or what do you think? That's the great work right. or whatever they call it. Like, that's, that's yeah. how alchemical marriage of opposites. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. That's the basis of life. So I don't see how it's bad. But eh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have shit on I think it was just that programming, you know, of anything that resembles the devil as far as how we we boxed it in and we're taught growing up is what it manifests as like it must be evil, you know, it must be wrong. And so that was a big thing for me to get over of just realizing um, the aspects of duality, that first one being the God and the devil uh, archetypes and then the masculine and feminine archetypes and um then um there was a third journey on mushrooms um that tied into these two ayahuasca journeys as well um so i uh after my second journey many months later um um well one thing i wanted to add to before that second journey um i was able to do uh cambo uh which is the frog venom uh, medicine. Um, they burn uh, it into IBO? you. No, 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 that's a, uh, that's the toad. That's a frog. Oh, uh, Amazonian oh, gotcha. tree frog. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's very, uh, good for, uh, has antioxidants. Uh, it's very good for your immune system. There's a lot of beneficial properties, but the thing I noticed most, and I definitely threw up on that one, that's, uh, that's a heavy process to go through. Got to drink a lot of water and then you puke it all up along with the frog venom. Um, but um, the thing I noticed most about that going into the second experience was it really was great pre-ceremony. Like it, it felt like it purified my vessel before the ceremony and really got me in a pure, purified state 
to where I could meet the medicine in a much better place than I did the first time. So I felt the, the second trip there went a lot smoother than the first, obviously being the second time helped too, but I feel like Cambo can really help out with that. So if, if you have someone local to you before you journey on ayahuasca, definitely see if you can um, do a Cambo session maybe a week before. And I think it really be benefit you, but uh, at least a, a warm copy <laughs> enema or something to clean you out. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That too. Yeah. Any sort of parasite cleanse would probably be good. You definitely got to eat clean before you go. Uh, you're supposed to eliminate meat, uh, two weeks to a month before just to kind of get your diet as clean as possible before it's, it's more so just, um, you know, not promoting, uh, violence in your going into your experience in any form, um, whether it's watching violent movies or TV shows, um, listening to fucking music about killing people and shit, you know, just watching what you're tuning into before ceremony is really important just to clear your headspace. Some people that so, doesn't no, affect them no as much. To cannibal corpse before ayahuasca. No, um, <laughs> yeah. Our Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've never heard that before, actually. Thank you for sharing that. I've heard about yeah. eating meat or dairy or whatever, you know, try to stay plant-based and just eat as clean as possible. But Feeding I've never mind. heard about, yeah, tuning into positive energies or just eliminating negative, you know, thoughts yeah. and. Just uh, really grounding yourself, you know, um, doing daily meditation, maybe some yoga, uh, walking out in nature, whatever, whatever can kind of keep your mind in a centered place that whole week and stay focused on what you're about to embark on because it's serious work and um, i feel like the the more you put into it the more you're going to get out of it just like anything so that's super important um i mean there's there's people that have you know ate in mcdonald's at the airport and still had a great journey so i mean i'm not <laughs> saying like you gotta like be the saint before ceremony but it's yeah, definitely but if you're doing that before a ceremony the ayahuasca is probably going to make you shit your pants throw up oh, and be yeah. like no, yeah. well, that's probably why they say not to do it they're like this is yeah. just mitigation for us like we're just trying to eliminate yeah. having to clean up shit uh avoiding yeah. having people jumping in ponds like do all these good happy things so that we can just have a good fucking time too people yeah. yeah can you imagine can you imagine those people that don't listen and they're like oh fuck that guy had taco bell fuck all right get ready get the bucket <laughs> uh, uh, uh. right um He's like but yeah have a supreme <laughs> yeah dude um so yeah i was just getting to like the the third one that kind of tied it all together um af after my second ayahuasca journey um my good friend will uh, who I met, he was sitting on the mat next to me my first trip there. Got to see him again the second time. And again, when I volunteered, such a great soul. Um, he had all these crystals around him, like on his mat. I just fell in love with the guy right away. I'm like, this dude is in my soul tribe for sure. <laughs> but uh, he he uh, had told me he did uh, past life regression. So I was like, okay, like I was kind of skeptical, but I uh, wanted to try one out with him and I did a five hour past life regression session with him. Um, it Damn. was pretty fucking intense, like a ceremony in and of itself and recalled a lot of past lives uh, or three different past lives. There's a past life um, where I was uh, a blacksmith in Egypt, um, um, kind of like lower class. 
Um, and I fell in love with this priestess who was like in the upper class. I was really fucking God, so cool. kicking ass. <laughs> yeah. Right. Got like that's baptized right. in the Nile river. Yeah. It was pretty dope. And then there's another one. <laughs> there's another one. I was a black woman, like in her forties, uh, in like the, it was the late 1700s or like, uh, early 1800s, I believe if I remember correctly. And it was, uh, it was weird. It was very particular. It was in, uh, Virginia. It was in Virginia or North Carolina, one of those. And, um, it, um, I had a native American father who was a chief and his name was Mateo. And then, um, my other past life was, um, my my girlfriend and i she was a fairy and i was a fucking hobbit and we were in the it was like a different dimension or like different work it was like some lord of the Rings shit or something i've never even watched lord of the rings so it was weird that that That's came so up good. yeah i need so to watch good. it but uh so we um uh, we were leading mushroom retreats in this uh alternate dimension and um she was teaching people how to fly. Like she had a fairy school and I couldn't fly yet. Like I was trying to grow my wings, but, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. But, um, so I, I was kind of blown away by that whole thing. And, um, I remember looking up the next day on Wikipedia, like trying to see if I could find any correlations to what I, what came up in my past life. And, um, I found this, the, the first, native american chief that was baptized um in the church of england um in the states um he his name was mateo and it was in north carolina and i was like what the fuck like this is crazy and he baptized the first uh white english girl that was brought over her name was virginia and i think there's something with that how Virginia got its name. I could be wrong, but that was a crazy core correlation I made, but. Um, That's so weird. Yeah. You had way cooler experiences than me. <laughs> Dude, I've been trying. Oh yeah. I sought them out. Hey, I'm going to drag you guys to an ayahuasca retreat with me soon. I need to get back. You don't have so. to drag me. I'll walk on my own. Yeah, I'll we'll go with <laughs> Dude, awesome. it took Joe 30 years to get me to try mushrooms uh microdosed yeah wow hey you're so, getting somewhere brother good luck dragging me to an ayahuasca which before <laughs> i hear anything from them i'm gonna be like ayahuasca is not recreational it's i don't recommend like it for inner... ben he's yeah. not mentally I, stable i i like <laughs> i uh, I, uh, I i understand it, that it's not like what you do for a good time like he went over that earlier and i i have understood that from all the stories that we've heard is that you don't do it to go have fun. That's my right. problem. I wouldn't be having any fun. I would be going there, getting out all the shit that I'm like, mm, I don't really maybe know. That would face that. Maybe that would face that. Maybe that would have me fun. weak, but you wouldn't want to you come face out, it. You come out a better person, brother. I'm telling you. Ooh, yeah, you don't have part. fun most of the time is my prop like you most of the time you hate everything yeah so maybe you should that's my point have a lot less fun and then you'll have a bunch of fun <laughs> yeah you, you realize life is funner afterwards because you have new eyes to see with <laughs> that's joe the, that's you hate most things <laughs> yeah it's like uh it's like when you have a stomach flu you know and you really don't want to barf I, uh number one here me i hate barfing but i know as yep. soon as i barf i'm gonna feel so much better so it's like yeah. that. It's like 
instead of like holding it down, you're like, no, just fucking barf, get it over with. You're going to pop some capillaries in your eye, whatever. And then you're done and you're like, oh, I look like shit, but oh, I feel amazing. amazing. Yes, yeah. uh, there it is, dude. And I've never thrown up, Ben, on ayahuasca. I've, I've drank the medicine four different times, still haven't thrown up. That's why I need to go back so I can finally did, throw up. But Did you did shit you yourself, shit? though? I have never shit myself. That's that's another thing that's commonly thought too. Like, oh, see, I've, I've well, I've I've well, Joe and I simultaneously shit our pants on the same day while working without telling each other that we had done it, and oh, we both shit. had to throw our underwear away that Rough. day while we were working without either one of us knowing we had just shat our pants. So I'm Damn. 99.999% sure that I'm going to be double dragoning the shit out of that if I try ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be eating clean before that. You wouldn't be eating the bullshit garbage that you guys eat on a regular yeah. basis. You'd be eating very, very differently and a lot less mm -hmm. and doing other things. I mean, you don't have to, apparently. You could eat McDonald's in the airport, like Andre said. But <laughs> I think you would have a much better time if you didn't do that. And you probably wouldn't shit your pants if you followed. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if you like and you didn't follow any of the rules and you like jerked off like crazy, ate a bunch of red meat, <laughs> ton of alcohol, and then you you're like, horror movies. "Come at me, bro!" Like that would be Mother Ayahuasca. I just think the the main objective is like to get your energy body as light as possible, right. and so that's. Um, another thing they stress is like fasting for 18 hours before the medicine. I can see that. So you don't even eat that day um, until like th uh, two in the morning. Probably you get snacks like potato chip. Well, it's like organic potato chips and uh, uh, like fruit. Or no, it wasn't fruit. It was uh, like carrots and uh, broccoli, I believe. Um, so no they give you veggies in the morning. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that's the nice thing about Soul Quest. Like they got an open pantry, so you can just make yourself food when you're there. Um, it's it's all inclusive, so um, your lodging's a part of the whole retreat cost and all that. Um, but yeah, I, I was getting to uh, so my buddy Will. I had this past life regression, and um, he had he had told me about his uh, five grams and silent darkness experiences on mushrooms. And this is something I had always been fascinated by here in Terrence McKenna, really uh, token that term and um, you know, all his uh, fascinating stories um, through his journeys um, on five grams. And um, so he was telling me about his experiences and um, one of them, um, he said this giant being appeared and it was like this angelic being wearing this massive sheet of armor and it was holding this massive sword. And the closer he got to this being, um, he realized the, the being had two swords. And it was Archangel St. Michael, at least that's what he said. And uh, so he realized he, he was holding two swords, not one. He said it looked like one sword at first. And he hands him the other sword. And he said, this is yours to use to fight in spiritual battle. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, holy that shit. is fucking badass. Like, I need That's to experience phenomenal. that. I have yeah. an entire... St. Michael, I have a shirt of it. I have a little figurine of it with the standard one where he's, God, his wings are undone. He's standing on the devil and he's got the sword with the chain around his neck. Yeah. Like, yeah. St. Michael... Yeah, if, too. 
Yeah, if there was ever if there was ever a patron saint, that's it. He's the fucking yep. archangel of war. He's what they call a soldier's angels. He's the Catholic Valkyrie, if you will. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Uh and so he he described this crazy experience and then he described another one. He was on a, a UFO like inside the Ooh. ship and it was like stainless steel, very similar to Chris Matthews story. Um, he came on my show and told his story and that immediately like reminded me of my buddy Will's story, uh, just the description of it. And um, so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in, I, I need to do this for myself. Uh, my girlfriend, Joy, she was going back to drink the medicine at this point um, down in Orlando. And I was like, well, how about when she, she goes down there? I think it was a full moon. So it, it was, it was special. I, I think uh, there's something to be said about doing mushroom ceremonies uh, in alignment with the moon cycle and for women as well. Um, I think there's a lot to the the their cycles being in alignment with the moon and that all ties in. Um, I think that's a fascinating subject, but um, where was I going with this? Um, <laughs> Women's uh, period. Where, yeah. What was before that? Okay. So yeah, he told me about his five grams in silent darkness and he was helping me understand that like the whole point of doing it in silent darkness is, it's similar to keeping the blindfold on and the earplugs in when you're at the ayahuasca retreat, like you want to stay within yourself and have as little distractions as possible. Like, um, so you have no other choice, but to stay within yourself and your imagination, your subconscious is creating the whole experience. Nothing but that, like you don't have anyone else talking to you or telling you what you're experiencing. You're not playing music. So music's taking you to a certain place. You're not watching a movie. You're not outside watching things. So like you don't have those distractions. So um, he had told me about this method uh, called the Lemon Tech method. I think Paul Stamets made that popular. But um, essentially you soak the dried mushrooms in lemon juice for a good half hour, 45 minutes. And um, it processes the the. Um, or the it helps you absorb the mushrooms better in your stomach so you don't have the stomach rot like you normally would um Mm. which was always a struggle for me on mushrooms like i hated that stomach rot and yeah i have that too i've said this before but i think that's just our resistance manifesting as well but i hate to admit that but i think that's really what it is so i don't think you can necessarily avoid it altogether but you can definitely try the lemon tech to see if it works for you. And this time, man, like I, I made sure to really set the stage the best way I knew how, you know, sage my house, opened up all the windows, uh, you know, really was careful what I was uh, taking in information wise, what podcasts I was listening to that week. Um, just what was I plugging into that week? I was trying to stay in a high vibration leading into this um, journey. So, um, I thought I did a really good job of that, set my intentions, said my prayers and, um, was ready to journey. And I, I let them sit, sit in the lemon juice and I drank them down and I, uh, put on my blindfold, made my room as dark as possible. It was pitch black and it was the most seamless transition from, you know, sober state to full on it's kicking in that I've ever had, like just breathing into the experience, no resistance whatsoever. 
And, you know, it just took me through this like library. Um, I would describe it as like the Akashic record. And um, I could just go to any book in the library and it would be like anything I wanted to ask it, it would have the answer for me. And sometimes it wasn't the answer I wanted to hear. And uh, if I knew where that answer was going to lead me to a darker place, I'd be like, well, I'll just shut that book and open up a new one. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> like I was able to like kind of navigate better than I had been previously. So it was a very beautiful experience. And it was, it was just uh, bringing the revelation that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, you know, just the ability to say you love yourself and accept yourself for who you are and just, um, all that shit, man, is so important. And, um, just, um, finding that self-esteem again and realizing like everything is happening just as it's supposed to, like everything's in its right place. Like the Radiohead song, like, you know, uh, it was a beautiful experience and there was a lot of, uh, control and con or, uh, comparing and contrasting of unity and duality throughout that experience and understanding why, like, which one is it? Uh, are we in both? And I think there's aspects of both that exist and uh, you really can't have one, one or the other. Like, I think that was another paradox for me that was revealed similar to those last two experiences. And it was just another building block on top of the last two. And I thought it was just strange how they all connected in that way of like, it was like the building block of archetypes just kept like doubling up on top of each other. Dude, that's awesome. That makes sense. <laughs> I think it's one of my favorite fucking psychedelic shows we've ever done. Like the way that you oh, describe you. all of it, it's amazing. Because I, I always struggle to uh, tell my psychedelic stories because it's really hard to convey that in, that in a, a very good way. That I, well, I mean, we we re uh, you know realize this because we've done this. But for the listener, maybe it's different. But we've go told try our psychedelic too. stories a bunch of times too. But no, you tell it in a way that is. Um, I want. It's pretty visceral. It's realistic, and I hate to say that because I know everyone's experience would be different. But you're not <laughs> saying your experience is exactly how everyone else would experience it. But your experience right. sounds right. so like uh, down to earth in a way. Which is Thank weird you. for Thank a psychedelic you. experience. So, yeah, most of them are not so down to earth. <laughs> ben, I know you got to get out of here, so we can wrap uh, this bitch up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Andre, before you get out of here, though, uh, let us know where we can find you, and if you want to swap cast this or whatever, you can do. Yeah, all yeah. Totally, man. Whatever the fuck, but uh, let everybody know where we can find you and what you're all about and all that. Give us your plugs. For sure, brother. And real quick before I do that, I will uh, just add in this last piece of how I got the name of my show. Um, I never answered that question, so oh, it, I'll, I'll shorten it up a bit. But uh, oh yeah, so uh, it, it it was in a poem I originally wrote. Um, I just had the rhyme come to me. It was Ascension of the Chessmen. Always stuck with me. This was years before <laughs> I actually recorded a, a single podcast and. Um, I always loved that name and then it just kind of took on more meaning as time went on, um, with, um, the story with my pastor and just really wrapping my mind around what I was actually saying in that rhyme. And, um, it just made me visualize like the world's like a game of chess or society life, however you want to take that. And, um, 
it's like we're pinned up against each other. Like we're given all these divide and conquer narratives and agendas that are shoved down our throats everywhere we turn, whether it be politically, religious, uh, tradition, uh, race, um, gender, like name, name, name it, like even sports, like people killing each other over soccer games. Like I, I, I just, I just saw that as, um, ascending above that game of divide and conquer, like seeing each other as divine reflections of ourselves and rising with love above that, um, to our true potential, which is just seeing each other as divine reflections of ourselves and treating each other as such. And, knowing what we do to others affects us as well. Um, just like Jesus or any ascended master taught, you know, Damn. that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was really good, man. Extra. Class. Yeah. Dude, way yeah, to put a, uh, I don't even know how else to do that. How you're way better at this. <laughs> You're good. Uh, yeah, I just I just wanted to say you can find me at uh, Ascension of the Chessmen, available on Spotify and Apple. Hopefully, uh, eventually on YouTube as well. Um, you can search Ascension of the Chessmen on YouTube. I have some stuff up there, just not like my full library of episodes yet. But hopefully, eventually, I'm still a rookie at this. So, like you guys, I've been kind of figuring it out as I go. But um, I'm so happy to be doing what I'm doing and um, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, I think, you know, we're all here for a reason. We're all trying to figure out why we're here and what we're here to do. And I think, you know, we're just doing our best to share our message with the world in any way we can and hopefully make someone's day a little better. Hopefully. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. We appreciate it. That's probably, like I said, my favorite psychedelic show we've ever done amazing yeah it was, it was a good show you kept it uh lively you kept it to the point i think you pretty much covered everything you answered all the questions and thanks for coming on man i really appreciate it thank you guys much love we'll see you soon dude Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.